Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Passengers. Hello. Is he asking me on a date? She didn't seem that impressed. clean up pretty good yourself. You two look fine this evening. We're on a date. Very nice. Took you long enough to ask. So, why did you give up your life on Earth? Okay, everybody, that there was the trailer for Passengers starring Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. The story of Passengers is as follows. On a routine journey through space to a new home, two passengers sleeping in unsuspended animation are awakened 90 years too early when their ship malfunctions. As Jim and Aurora face living the rest of their lives on board with every luxury they could ask for, they begin to fall for each other. Unable to deny their intense attraction until they discover the ship is in grave danger. With the lives of 5,000 sleeping passengers at stake, only Jim and Aurora can save them all. The film stars Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Sheen, Lawrence Fishburne, and Blinkham and you'll miss him, Andy Garcia. And it is directed by Morton Tildum and written by John Spates. Joining me for this review, I have a special guest hailing all the way from the UK, Sarah Buttery from sarahsawamovie.com. How are you, Sarah? I'm pretty good, thank you. Glad to be back. Awesome, awesome. Uh, you joined us um, for, was it Girl on the Train? No, it it, yeah. yeah, it was Girl on the Train. which There's a lot of rage. Oh, I know. But how funny is it that Emily Blunt is now a SAG nominee for that film? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'd like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not because it's it, it was genuinely quite a good performance. It was just the film that failed her and everything else about it that I hated. So, but yeah. Well, let's see if we could find any redeemable qualities about Passengers here, because this movie's definitely be getting a lot of divisive remarks from a lot of people, depending on how you interpret the story, let's say. And it's very hard to talk about this film because the marketing has been a little misleading. What we're going to do is we're going to do our best to review the film without spoilers, and then we will take the gloves off and go into full-on spoiler rage mode, which I'm sure Sarah is just dying to do. But first, Sarah, um, without spoilers, try your best to tell us what how you, uh, you know, what you thought of Passengers. Okay. Right, I'll do my best. Um, so yeah, obviously last time I came on and completely annihilated a girl on the train um, I'm pretty much going to do the same uh, with this as I really hated this film um, so it was a film I weirdly had no feelings about prior to seeing it so the trailer didn't really do anything for me um, it didn't look great it didn't look terrible um, but I had general concerns that it was a film that was kind of solely being 
marketed based on its aesthetics um, and I guess the star power of um, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt um, and it is that kind of film really it's it's it very much sells itself on the visuals um and the the two leads um and yeah there's without uh going into spoilers because we'll do that later it takes a turn i guess or uh has something unexpected happen in it that i completely wasn't expecting but it wasn't in a oh wow that was a interesting turn of events it just yeah it completely Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm already stuck. <laughs> it's all right. It's totally fine. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get stuck right now. But speaking of being stuck, I'll just start off by saying that Passengers is the very definition of a movie that wrote itself into a corner, in my opinion, and does not know how to get out. Um, it ends up becoming a movie where it tries to please everybody by the end, but in in effect, it pleases nobody, in my opinion, um, which is not necessarily true. I know people that have seen it and actually don't, you know, they, they, they like the movie, actually, which is surprising to me in many ways because I would challenge them on certain aspects of the story here. But regardless of which, without getting into too much spoilers here, um, I will say a couple of different things. One, from a technical standpoint, I, I do like some of this film's um, polish that Morton Tilden brings to it. Same kind of polish he brought to a film such as The Imitation Game, which is a far better film than this. Um, things like the production design. Very, very well done, in my opinion. I think the production design is very inventive. I think it's expansive. It's vast. There's a lot to explore within this spaceship that the two passengers are trapped on. Um the sound of the film, I mean, in a film such as this, I mean, sound is going to be an integral part because it's in space. And the sound mixer on this film is uh, Kevin O'Connell, who, you know, is just fantastic. He always does great work here. Um, and Thomas Newman, who, one of my favorite film composers on the face of the earth. He goes for the typical piano and strings, which he has done in many of his works prior before. And you know what? I don't care. I love piano and strings in film scores that tug at the heartstrings. And then that's what this does here. So I do not mind it one bit, actually. Um, so those elements I all very much liked. Now, Chris Pratt, in my opinion, and call me out on this if you disagree, I think this is his best performance yet, which isn't saying much, but I think it's, I think it's his best. What do you think? Mm, I agree. I think, um, I don't know if it's his, uh, yeah, I struggle to consider it his best performance, but I think it's, it's the most we've seen him do, I guess, in a film where he's not just playing that kind of, you know, he's not Star-Lord, he's not the guy from Jurassic World. He's playing, I guess, a bit more, a character with a bit more depth and, yeah, it was it was a it was a solid performance from him, but it's his character. Yeah, that let things down a bit. Yeah, <laughs> and it's amazing because as much that Chris Pratt sinks himself, you know, sinks his teeth into the material, um, because he does get a lot of material to work with here. Um, it's not an amazing performance. It's not a great performance. Um, some people even say it's a really terrible performance, but. Um, I do think it is right now, compared to his other work, his best. With that said, 
it manages to do something that I did not think that was even possible, and that is take one of the most likable stars in Hollywood and make him truly unlikable. Um, I have never hated Chris Pratt more than I did watching this film. And I even felt bad about it at first. But as the film just goes on and on and on and on, and oh my God, when it gets to like the end and it gets just so, so, so just ridiculous, I started to uh, take my hate towards the film and I started to like place it, like displacement on Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, who, by the way, um, she completely phones it in here. She could do this role in her sleep, in my opinion, and any actress could have been cast in this role. Um, I struggle to say that their on-screen chemistry is good. I don't know if it's necessarily good or if it's great. Uh, with that said, I guess it's not really good because if I can't unanimously say it's good, then I guess it's not. So I don't think the two of them necessarily work well together here. Um, yeah. And I also, and I also am very disappointed by the lack of supporting roles in this film. Lawrence Fishburne shows up for a couple minutes, boom, done. Michael Sheen kind of has a one note performance, and that's really it. And Andy Garcia, as I said before, blink him and you'll miss him, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I felt um, Lawrence Fishburne as well completely phoned in. Like it, that again could have been anyone playing that role. It's there's a, th- a thing that happens with that character and the other characters that means that it was necessary for him to be there. Um, but again, yeah, he really added nothing to it for me. And that whole, I mean, just the whole third act was entirely ridiculous anyway. And he kind of only added to the ridiculousness of it. But yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to what I was saying before about how this film writes itself into a corner and it has to introduce these plot elements, these characters, these decisions that the characters need to make in order to move the story forward. Um, and if you went with the more logical conclusion, then the movie would be over. There would be, in effect, no movie. Um, so it's like they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. Um, and choosing to tell this story, they ultimately end up alienating, I would say, 90% of their audience, ultimately, the way that they choose, how they choose to tell it and how they choose to tell it through the the two characters, Jim and Aurora. It's, it's one of the most baffling, bewildering movies I've seen this year that, in all honesty, I just don't know how it got... I mean, I know how it got greenlit. I mean, I I get it because somebody misinterprets the script. You know, you sign on these big Hollywood stars. People see dollar signs. You hire a very, you know, hot director right now um, that's got a good streak going after coming off an Oscar nomination for The Imitation Game. And it just sounds like it has all the recipes for a success. Mm. And it's for me, it was a a film that kind of... um it felt too preoccupied, I guess, in its concept and in its idea that it just then didn't know what it wanted to be. And it, you know, like you said, is, you know, it was damned either way. It was, it was never going to work this film. It's just such a strange, just the way the, the storyline and everything is constructed and the direction it goes off in is just completely, it's just so odd. And, you know, it, it feels like that, the third act that it kind of, you know, throws in, it feels completely tacked on because you spend so long getting to there, like frustratingly long amount of time with just the most slow, 
laborious build-up and then it's just like oh wait look this has to be a, like a sci-fi action film here's some explosions and some stuff deal with it but it just it just feels unearned I don't know it's it's very strange where it ends up and it's not good well I think the first 20 minutes of the film are actually the film's best moments uh, like as a short film even I think that the first 20 minutes works very very well on its own and maybe that's what this should have been. Maybe this should have been just a short film um, on the ship, and it's like you know, let, let's just take the concept of Castaway and put it on and put it on a spaceship in space. You know, mm-hmm. that's ultimately what the first twenty minutes is. Um, and if I were to say to you, let's do the plot of Castaway on a deserted island, but instead of Tom Hanks being completely alone, let's give him another human being to interact with. I still think that movie would be more interesting than this movie simply because the two characters are inevitably stranded together on this island. Um, and it's by chance, and they have to just simply deal with it. Um, I think I'm veering way too much into spoiler territory here. I'm trying to like explain it in a way that I think it would be like better. I guess, I guess you could say. But one thing that I do kind of appreciate a little bit is that when there is this one critical decision that gets made in the film um, about 25, 30 minutes into the movie, um, the film does at least acknowledge that it's wrong and there is kind of like a moral back and forth of should I, should I not sort of thing. And I thought that that theme and that question was at least provocative and it got me thinking a little bit in terms of, oh, what would I do in this situation, right? But the answer was clearly obvious to me as to what I would have done. And I would hope that other people would make that decision (laughs) instead of the boneheaded, stupid, selfish, unbelievably just terrible decision that is ultimately made in this movie. Uh, With that said... Oh, man, because I'm going to go off on a rant right now. Um, Sarah, final thoughts uh, on the film for you. Any Oscar potential and a grade out of 10? Uh, um, yeah, I there's very little to like about this film. Um, I agree with what you're saying about the, um, the production design and everything. The technical aspects of it were genuinely really good and and particularly in the opening when you're sort of, you know, first exploring the spaceship and everything. There's a lot of quite impressive visual stuff that I appreciated. Um, I liked the um, the score as well. Um, I thought Chris Pratt was fine um, and everyone else just could have been played by anyone and didn't need to be there. Um, and everything else about it I hated and was terrible. Um, so... Oscar prospects, I guess, uh, maybe something in yeah production design or one of the technical ca- categories, um, and out of ten, uh, probably a three out of ten for me. Okay, all right, that's fair. Um, I don't really have any final thoughts to say. I'll get into that in the spoiler section. Suffice to say, this marketing uh, for this film is deliberately deceiving you. Uh, Be forewarned about that. Uh, I think that you would have a better experience watching this movie if you went in possibly not seeing a trailer, not knowing the plot, just went in as cold as possible maybe. Um, Because that expectation and that that kind of trust is broken about 30 minutes into the movie 
and it results in one of the most confusing, bewildering, baffling movies I've seen all year, just in terms of character, uh, sheer character. The plot is so, so simple to this movie. Um, you know, basically these two people are stranded on this ship and the ship is breaking down and they need to fix the ship to save the other 5,000 people that are asleep on board and their hibernation pods. So that's, that's it. It's uh, a, a space movie. It is a love story. It, it is a, uh, it's a, well, let me put it to you this way. If, if, if your favorite movies are Stalker and Peeping Tom and you haven't seen these movies and you just know the titles of the films, Passengers might work for you. Uh, with that said, Oscar potential, production design, uh, visual effects, and that's all I'm willing to say it may get in for. And as far as a grade out of 10 goes, I'm going with a 4 out of 10. Let's get into spoilers. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Okay, so... I've been dying now to talk about this for a couple minutes, so let's finally get into <laughs> the big reveal that is in this movie, which is Chris Pratt is stranded on the ship. He wakes up. It's by accident. He gets out of his hibernation pod. He explores the ship. He grows a Tom Hanks from Castaway-like beard that is just like... Wow, it's it's crazy. There's uh, him trying to figure out how to get back to sleep. He accepts his fate at some point. He, you know, starts just having fun around the ship and everything after he realizes he's not going to be able to get back to sleep. Uh, then finally, he starts to fall into despair. He thinks about killing himself. And then he just randomly sees Jennifer Lawrence laying in her hibernation pod and goes, oh, she's hot. And, it, and can we just also point out the fact that her name is Aurora, like Sleeping Beauty Aurora? Are you fucking kidding me? I literally hated that so much. Oh. I was so mad. <laughs> and he makes the decision, albeit he wrestles with the decision for a bit, but he makes the selfish decision to actually willingly wake her up from her hibernation pod, knowing full well that he is condemning her to death simply because he believes that they're meant to be together and that they're perfect for one another. It is the most unbelievably selfish thing and superficial um, decision I've ever seen in the movie. And Jennifer Lawrence reacts uh, accordingly when she finds out, you know, that this has all, you know, happened at some point. But it... The third act, then, wow. It's like, hey, you're very, very heroic for what you've done. You were willing to sacrifice your life. I guess the debt is paid. A Lannister always pays his debts. Uh, let's let's make love for 90 years on the ship alone. And if we ever have a fight, guess what? We're probably going to get over it because we're the only two people here. Let's grow some plants. And what, what the fuck? Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, as um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, is that obviously it's you know, there's that kind of when he's first deciding if he's gonna wake her up or not. There is that you know moment of questioning, I guess, from the character. Um, and you sort of think, oh, okay, you know, they they 
the filmmakers or you know they they are considering that this would be a difficult decision to make you know they're it's it's teasing you with the kind of like morality of it um but then that is forgotten so so quickly and just veers you know headfirst into just being one of the most offensive and just horrible horrible like stories that I've it's just it's so unsettling and it's you know yeah I can't decide what's you know more unsettling you know the fact that the film doesn't even acknowledge that you know this is creepy and weird or you know just that the audience is just you know led or you know or told to believe that all of this is fine because Jennifer Lawrence's character is fine with it. You know, she has a moment where she's like, I'm annoyed at you and that wasn't cool. And then by the end of it, she's just like, you're Chris Pratt, you're hot, it's fine. Exactly, because the thing that kills me is that he's proven to be right in that Mm. they do fall in love and she does find him attractive and he obviously finds her attractive. And he conceives of this idea that they're going to just live together on this ship for the rest of their lives to the point where um, both of them stop trying to figure out a way how to ever get back to sleep. And I personally would have liked maybe... You know what? I can't even suggest an alternative ending simply because, like I was saying before, this movie writes itself into a corner where it goes then with this really cheesy, really pro-typical Hollywood-esque conclusion where they end up together at the end despite what he has done to her. And it's like, oh, love wins. And I, I, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can be the only two people in the world, or at least in their small little world, and just simply be okay with that. I live with two roommates, and I get annoyed by them, not daily, but but a lot of the times. When I was living with my own parents, I would get annoyed with them all the time. And believe me, there's unconditional love between, you know, parents and their children, and you fight, and you argue, and you have resentment, and the only thing that you could take comfort in knowing is that you can get away, you can go to other people, friends, etc., etc. They don't have that luxury here, so how the hell does this romance somehow succeed? I have no idea. Yeah, and the fact as well that it's, you know, at the end, I guess, she's presented with the choice of being put back to sleep, essentially, in the one uh, pod medical pod they have for 5,000 people, which just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but she's just like, no, it's fine. Like, screw having a life and all my dreams and everything that I wanted to do. Because she's clearly, a, it, you know, it makes it clear that she's a character with aspirations. You know, she's a she's a writer. She's The idea is that she would go to this new planet and write about it and then you know return to earth to kind of share her story and it the just the the way her the, that character changes her mind is just it's so it's just really unsettling and it it doesn't offer a good enough explanation of why she would just you know it's like oh love conquers all no i'm sorry i don't buy it it's like, it's stockholm syndrome <laughs> essentially yeah she 100%. ends up falling for her captor um yeah. 
And that is exactly what Chris Pratt is. He is her captor. He steals her from her life and holds her prisoner now in this new one. And it's not like she could kill him because if she does, then she's going to be all alone and then she might as well kill herself. So you ultimately give up the reason for living. So you're forced into this situation. It is so, so, and I'm going to use this word, it's so evil. Mm. I can't believe that somebody thought that this was a good idea to put this down on paper and then somebody thought it was a good idea to actually put it on the screen and then actually have scenes that would justify it. You know, I was saying before that um, if another decision had been made, then there would be ultimately no moving. Um, the scene where Chris Pratt uh, goes into the airlock chamber and he contemplates just being sucked into space and getting killed, um, you know, uh, before he decides to wake up Aurora, you know, that would effectively end the movie. And I think that would work as a short, possibly, mm. or, um, you know, have the short end with him debating whether or not to wake her up. Uh, but don't actually go through with the decision. Cut to black before he actually makes the decision. Let the audience wonder if, whether or not if he does it or not. That's more thematically powerful. But this film actually goes through with that decision, and it is just completely misguided in every single way imaginable that when the film does meet a conclusion towards the end, which I thought was deserving, which is that Chris Pratt ultimately uh, self-sacrifices himself to save the ship because he recognizes that what he did was terrible, and he is trying to make amends, have his comeuppance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there is a moment in the film where you believe that Chris Pratt has died and that there's no way that he's going to be coming back. And Jennifer Lawrence is trying to save him. And I never for a moment believed that he was going to truly die once she actually retrieved his body and brought him back into the spaceship. Um, but when he was floating in space and was running out of oxygen, I, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm very, very okay with this. You, the bad, horny man are getting exactly what's coming to you, but yet you kind of made it okay in the end by saving everybody on board. I kind of was all right with that. Yeah, I think if the film had, if it had ended at that point, you know, I I would have been more satisfied with that than the nice, neat little package it got wrapped up in at the end because that just... Right, yeah. and then she can go back to sleep in the pod, she can wake up in 90 years, and she can tell the story about this guy that mm. ultimately saved everybody. It would have been obviously very ham-fisted as well in a way, but man, would that have been the better ending. Yeah, there's, no, there's. I don't think there's any way this film couldn't have ended up being hamfisted in some way. Like, even if it had ended in that way, you know, it still would have been, you know, incredibly cheesy and cliche. But it just, it would have, it would have settled that kind of moral grey area. I guess that this film is just letting you sit in, and it's just wholly unpleasant to be there. <laughs> Chris Pratt like looks into Jennifer Lawrence's eyes, and he goes, "We'll always have Avalon." <laughs> oh my gosh um and like i was saying before uh and i've referenced this a couple times now what the hell was andy garcia doing in this movie did he just like want to just be on set for a day or did they just randomly pluck him out and be like yo andy you want to come by set today just do a walk on and that's it like i mean did he have a line or nope like okay no i, I, I thought i was imagining things but no he really just showed his face and and 
paced out, didn't they? Yeah, yeah it was so odd. Um, <laughs> I don't know uh, if there's missing footage or something like that, maybe, but I mean, that was just completely, completely unexpected. Um, yeah. With that said, I think this movie does promote rape culture, um, mm. which is just a no-no. Um, I can't believe that they try to make it okay. I don't care how, like you know, provocative and how thematically uh, death it, it, it is in, in terms of um, the questions it makes you ask and makes you think about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that's okay in certain situations, but you have to make the right storytelling decisions to justify it in the end, and this film does not do that. So it is just a complete failure other than a technical level and some positive aspects here and there. Some. And I'm like, I'm really, really like stretching that. Yeah, scraping the barrel, I think, to find positives in this one. And it's the fact that it kind of, it's the way it presents itself as well, which I just, I find really difficult to deal with. Just the, you know, in how it ends in kind of, you know, the the two people it has as the leads as well. You know, you've got two of the most popular and likable you know, actors out there at the moment and you put them together in a film, like it sells itself really. It's, it, you know, it didn't even have to try. And, but yet then it, you know, it presents itself as being this like, you know, beautiful love story. And it is more of a, you know, a, a love story than it is a, you know, a sci-fi action film. Cause that element really only comes into it and it's kind of, you know, dying moments, but it's, yeah, it's, it's disturbing that, you know, the, the, the lead actors and Chris Pratt's butt and you know the beautiful supposedly beautiful love story will distract people I guess from what is actually quite a horrible and you know unpleasant issue that it just seems to be brushing under the carpet and I, I find that just incredibly difficult to deal with and I the the more I think about this film the more angry I get and I mean I said um on my Twitter that this isn't the worst film I've seen this year because I've seen some terrible films this year but it's the film that has made me the angriest damn because, yeah I, and I was pretty angry about the girl on the train as well just because I hated it so much but this it's it's the the themes and the things that it I mean it doesn't even try to deal with them does it it, it just kind of yeah it's it, it acts like there's such a non-issue but it's really such a you know Im- important and you know unpleasant thing that it's that it's tackling but yeah it just acts like it's no big deal and yeah it's I've I've read some sort of quite troubling reviews I guess from um some male critics I was gonna say they're pretty much male right yeah yeah I'm not you know tarring everyone with the same brush but it's like you know they many of them like don't seem to have a problem with the film but they acknowledge they fully acknowledge the fact that women might have a problem with it and I'm like the fact that some men don't seem to have a problem with it yet acknowledge women will is the real problem. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like, terrible. How how can you be okay with that? Like how can a, a decent human being with any kind of moral compass be okay with this film? Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not a good place to be in. I, I constantly was thinking of um, the character Harry from uh, In Bruges when mm. he's telling uh, Brendan Gleeson's character, uh, and this is about, like, killing a little boy, but he's like, if I'd killed a little boy, I would have pulled the trigger right on the fucking spot. On the fucking spot, you know? And he's, like, <laughs> going on and on about how he would just kill himself in a situation like that. And it's like, you know, if I was in this situation, if I was Chris Pratt, I I, 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 I would never, ever condemn somebody like that. I, I wouldn't. No. 
I would just accept my fate, you know? Uh, I mean, or at least hold out long enough that maybe somebody else wakes up, which they inevitably do, Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. and I can then find a way. Um, I get it, though. If you're, you know, alone for a year, you start going a little kooky, a little crazy. I, I, I completely understand that. So... Maybe the decision is a little bit harder, but the idea of waking somebody else up, here's 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 what I'm thinking here. Like, if you're going to wake somebody else up, why not wake up all 5,000 people? You know, yeah. maybe they all gang rush you and they trample you and kill you for doing <laughs> that. But, you know, at least you would have a tremendous amount of company and you, you don't just single somebody out due to sexual reasons. Yeah, he pretty much just, and I, I didn't like that whole, you know, the scene where he kind of, you know, it's like, oh, you hadn't noticed any of the other pods and now suddenly you've just looked over and gone, oh, she's, you know, she looks great. And, you know, that that kind of weird, like, obsession, I guess, he had with her as well, where he was, like, looking at all the kind of, you know, the video footage and that oh. sort of thing and, and, and felt like he had this, you know, idea that she was, you know, the perfect person for him. And it's like, you don't know. And, no. And then, like, you know, could there not have even been, like, a little bit of, like, conflict i guess where they like they hated each other or something that you know rather than just you know a, a little bit of kind of like friendly banter and then her just being like yeah sure because you're the only person <sighs> here like <laughs> i'll tell you this uh my theater got an unintentional laugh when she just beats the shit out of him uh oh, one night so when funny. she's uh, one night when he's <laughs> sleeping she just like comes up to the side of his bed just comes into focus and he's like you know, got his arm over his head, and he's like, hey. And next thing you know, wha-bam! And she just <laughs> wails on him so hard. Um, and it's done out of rage, and it's meant to be dramatic, but it's unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> mm, it's like the corkscrew in um, Girl on the Train. It's yes. just, it wasn't meant to be funny, but it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sarah, with that said, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Um, so you can find me on Twitter I'm um, at Sarah Buddery and my website is sarahsawamovie.com and I am on all the social media pieces of the world at Next Best Picture you have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast review of Passengers and we will see you all next time Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.